360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight on Full Circle, we bring you sounds from the Eastside Arts Alliance 22nd Annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. On tonight's show, we'll hear interviews recorded at the festival by First Voice apprentices, including one with Uncle Bobby, a.k.a. Cephas Johnson. We'll also hear some live music performances recorded at the festival, and we'll hear from the man of the hour himself, Malcolm X, in a short clip from his 1964 speech, The Ballot or the Bullet. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host, Freewell and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Like I said a moment ago, my name is Freewell and Franklin, and I'm your host tonight. And yes, tonight we will be featuring some interviews from apprentices and graduates gathered at the 22nd Annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. The annual festival is organized by Oakland's Eastside Arts Alliance and held each year in Oakland's San Antonio Park. Full Circle and the First Voice Apprenticeship Program have been attending and recording at the event for over a decade now, and this year we returned for the first time since the pandemic swept over the Bay Area. And before we get started tonight with our interviews, let's hear from the man himself, the Muslim preacher, the human and civil rights activist, born Malcolm Little in May 1925, later in prison converting to Islam and changing his name to Malcolm X to remove himself from his slave master's given name. This small clip is Malcolm X in 1964 from his speech, The Ballot or the Bullet. Check it out on KPF. America is just as much a colonial power as England ever was. America is just as much a colonial power as France ever was. In fact, America is more so a colonial power than they, because she's a hypocritical colonial power behind it. What is 20th, what, what do you call second-class citizenship? Why, that's colonization. Second-class citizenship is nothing but 20th century slavery. How are you going to tell me you're a second-class citizen? They don't have second-class citizenship in any other government on this earth. They just have slaves and people who are free. Well, this country is a hypocrite. They try and make you think they set you free by calling you a second-class citizen. 
No, you're nothing but our 20th century slave. Just as it took nationalism to move, to remove colonialism from Asia and Africa, it'll take black nationalism today to remove colonialism from the banks and the minds of uh, 22 million Afro-Americans here in this country. Looks like it might be the year of the ballot or the bullet. Why does it look like it might be the year of the ballot or the bullet? Because Negroes have listened to the trickery and the lies and the false promises of the white man now for too long, and they're fed up. They've become disenchanted. They've become disillusioned. They've become dissatisfied. And all of this has built up frustrations in the black community that makes the black community throughout America today more explosive than all of the atomic bombs the Russians can ever invent. Whenever you got a racial powder keg sitting in your lap, you're in more trouble than if you had an atomic powder keg sitting in your lap. When a racial powder keg goes off, it doesn't care who, it knocks out the way. Understand this, it's dangerous, because what can the white man use now to fool us? After he put down that march on Washington, and you see all through that now, he tricked you, had you marching down to Washington. Yes, as you marching back and forth between the feet of a dead man named Lincoln and another dead man named George Washington, singing, We Shall Overcome. He made a chump out of you. He made a fool out of you. He made you think you were going somewhere and you end up going nowhere but to between Lincoln and Washington. <laughs> so today our people are disillusioned. They've become disenchanted. They've become dissatisfied. And in their frustrations, they want action. You'll see this young black man, this new generation, asking for the ballot or the bullet. That old Uncle Tom action is outdated. The young generation don't want to hear anything about the odds are against us. What do we care about odds? Welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can learn more about the network at PacificaNetwork.org. I'm Freewell and Franklin, your host tonight, and you just heard a short clip from Malcolm X speaking in 1964. The speech is known as The Ballot or the Bullet. And 1964 was a presidential election year. And Malcolm X delivered the speech to a large audience gathered at the King Solomon Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan. That audio is actually part of the Pacifica Radio Archives, and many of you may have the full recording on the USB drive, The Voices That Changed the World. So if you got that, be sure to dig in there and check it out. All right, it's time to hear from the folks at the 22nd Annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. To kick us off tonight, we will hear from one of the newest voices coming to Full Circle. 
This is Nomi Windmaker from our most current group of apprentices, Group 47, speaking with co-founder of the Love Not Blood campaign, Cephas Johnson, a.k.a. Uncle Bobby. Check it out. Hello, this is Nomi Windmaker from KPFA Full Circle. I'm at San Antonio Park in Oakland at the Malcolm X Jazz Festival celebrating Malcolm X's birthday. And here I have Uncle Bobby, co-founder of Love Not Blood campaign, also the uncle of Oscar Grant, who's sitting here. I'm going to ask him a few questions. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about Love Not Blood campaign? Uh, most definitely. Love Not Blood Campaign is a nonprofit organization that was founded by myself and my wife, Auntie B, as she is affectionately known. And our specific purpose is to bring together impacted families of police violence. Uh, we have conferences that we bring these families to. Our last conference we had in San Diego in 2021, and we had 325 impacted family members from across this country come into one space. And in that space, they network. They help build each other up. There's a bonding that takes place. Um, the healing practices begin to take place. And we have workshops set up for these families where they get advocacy workshops, they get organizing workshops, they get the history of the police workshops. They better understand what the criminal and the civil litigational process is. And we most importantly, make sure that they understand the trauma that they experience and what kind of mental health condition that it puts you in so that we can better understand how to move forward through our traumatic experience, which we title Healing Through Resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that sounds like a full-on, comprehensive, try to deal with all the different aspects of trauma that's affecting our communities. So who all engages in these workshops and conferences? Are there other organizations involved? So specifically, we keep it really just within the Love Not Black campaign. Now we do work, of course, with Black Lives Matter, the Black Association of Black Psychologists, uh, of course, Live Free, and various other organizations that help sponsor the event. Mm -hmm. And as they participate as in sponsoring the event, they also have a role in helping to bring about their specific direction. Say, for instance, Live Free is a great organization that understands organizing, right? A black psychologist that understands the mental health and the trauma that they experience. So they create those workshops and they present to the families uh, their specific area of specialty, right? Whether it be organizing, whether it be advocacy, whether it be healing, you know, and it goes on and on and on. And that's what empowers families to have a better understanding on how to move forward. Mm -hmm. I agree. So how does it feel to do this work? You know, I, sadly, I was brought into it unbeknown to myself because of the death of my nephew, I should say the murder of my nephew. But this is my life work. We cannot sit idle as families are being murdered in these streets without some form of advocating and assisting them, helping them understand the process, and just doing the work that's necessary so that we can have a real free and just society, that we can have real legislative change, so that our children because this is not about us it is about our babies our grandbabies and our great grandbabies because if i fail to stand today or anyone that's listening to these words fails to stand today it'll be our baby's demise tomorrow it'll be our grandbaby demise 
the following day and it'll be our great grandbaby's demise the day after that. And so it's important that we recognize that this is for our babies to have a free and just society, that they have a right to life, and that this madness of police violence perpetrated on people of color has to stop. And we are the ones that will make it stop, at least bring, a, bring enough tension to us so that the next generation will have the tools necessary to bring an end to it. Okay, so is love not blood campaign? Are you a, a 5013C yet, or are you working on that? How's, no, we, how's that? we are a nonprofit organization, and we definitely operate, you know, through, of course, donations and support because it's the community support that empowers us to do the work that we do. I mean, right today we're celebrating, of course, Malcolm X Day, and so we're out here as vendors because we have the community supporting us with various shirts that we have. We have Families United for Justice shirts. We have, of course, uh, We Stop Killing Us When We Stop Us From Killing Us shirts. You know, we have, of course, Smoking, Choking, No Joking in Oakland shirts. And we have several other shirts that the community can participate in helping us keep our work going by purchasing a shirt. And then we, of course, we have gift bags we give away. But this is all about um, doing the work and being supported in doing the work. And if there's organizations or individuals that are interested in supporting the movement that we do since the murder of Oscar Grant, you can go to www.lovenotbloodcampaign.com. And it's there where you can donate, you can read about what Love Not Blood Campaign does, how we can help you if you're a family member that's been impacted by police violence. And not necessarily you had to be murdered, but you've been wrongfully convicted or wrongfully arrested or even wrongfully abused. We have attorneys on standby. We have families that's been impacted can help you understand the process that you got to go through. And of course, ourselves, being that we've been doing this for the last 13 years nonstop, have acquired a wealth of knowledge and contacts to help families that experience this trauma get through it. So do you work with the city of Oakland at all or the Oakland Police Department or any of those infrastructure involved and how do they deal with your organization? I, I'm, I'm going to say quickly, we don't work with the police. Of course. However, we advocate for real systemic change concerning the role that they play in our community. But yes, we don't necessarily just partner with those that are in political places, but we partner with those that are really about progressive change. And so that may not entail speaking to the police chief. It may not entail speaking to, sadly, the mayor. But we have those that are in political places that are very vocal concerning the injustice that people are experiencing, the degradation that we're experiencing, the homelessness that we're experiencing. And it's those people, those organizations, those individuals that we connect with that understand this pain, this trauma, you know, this madness that we are experiencing and how to bring about real change. Because we say those that are closest to the pain are the ones that understand how to help resolve this issue. That's who we work with. Mm -hmm. That's right, that's right. How about wrongly incarcerated? Do you work with folks who are wrongly incarcerated? We have started that campaign. It has not been our number one campaign, but we have worked with now families that have had loved ones incarcerated wrongfully. Is there um, any last words you want to say or any 
words of encouragement to the community because it's an onslaught and it's ongoing. That's there are right. many, many organizations out there helping our communities deal with trauma and stress and violence and incarceration and poverty and houselessness, et cetera. And so if you had something to say to the community, if they were all here sitting around, what would you sort of say to them? I would say black family, black love, black life, black unity in the community equals black power. And what that says is that if you haven't been here at San Antonio Park to the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, where you see a community of folks, people of color, come and embrace and just show love, you're missing out. Because what's going to bring about the real systemic change among us first is loving on each other. And this is a space and time where we just are so in love with one another. This black and brown unity that we see, this, this, this black love that's being just reverberating through the community of us that are here today. If you're hearing my voice, feel that love. And allow that love to take you back home to your community to embrace someone there so that the love can continue to multiply because we know it's going to take love, right, to change our conditions and our community. And that love is not just individuals, but it's love among organizations. So there's organizations out here that are embracing one another. There's individuals out here that are embracing one another. There's children out here that are playing with each other. And that's what this is about. It's an opportunity for us to build love, build community, build family, and then again have unity among ourselves where we have real black power in our community. Right on. Well, thank you so much. It was good talking to you. Uncle Bobby, co-founder of Love Not Blood Campaign, also Oscar Grant's uncle. We appreciate all the work you and your family is doing because I see your family is here that's surrounding right, that's you, right. you as well. I, I, in closing, let me just say this. You know, our family is here. You know, my son and his wife enjoying the vibes. And this is a family event, you know. And so let the love start with family. Bring them to events like this and share the love with your family, with the community, because that's how we build a strong, powerful community of love. Well, on that note, thank you so much. Let's stay in the love. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. All right, you are listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network and you just heard one of the newest First Voice Apprentices, Nomi Windmaker, as they spoke with Uncle Bobby of the Love Not Blood campaign. If you want to find out more about the Love Not Blood campaign, we will have a link on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. Now let's take it to the stage of the 22nd annual Eastside Arts Alliance Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. Check out this performance by Oakland's own Kev Choice and Martin Luther. We are going to feature Mr. Martin Luther and Mr. Oakland Kev Choice himself on Marty's arrangement of Fly Me to the Moon. Saturday afternoon, 
you hear the rhythm in the background, we know that we are at San Antonio Park on Foothill in Oakland this beautiful afternoon, this Malcolm X birthday celebration afternoon. The people are here, the vendors are here, the park is crowded. It's wonderful to see people coming out to celebrate Malcolm X's birthday. This is a very enterprising young man. This is a young man who's a great musician and always on the go doing things. And we're going to talk about that with Mr. David de la Grande. Hey, blessings. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. Here we are at the Malcolm X Jazz Festival in great celebration and in collaboration with communities, you know? Well, I knew about you as a musician before I fully knew about you as a broadcaster, communicator. You know, so. también, yeah, happy to be a graduate apprentice of the First Voice yes. apprenticeship program. So many doors opened up as a result and happy to be around full circle, as they say, right? Yes, that's it. <laughs> I see that you're dealing with deeply rooted collaborative. What exactly is that? Yeah, you know, happy to talk about it. The deeply rooted collaborative is a collaboration of about like 20 different organizations and the purpose is to get feedback from the community because Oakland right now is planning its next 20, 30 years. It's so evident with all this building and the changes that are going down. Yes, talk to us about that. Right on, yeah. So, like, Oakland's general plan, they have not updated it in, like, 20 years. And so 20 years later, you know, here they are getting the feedback from the community in order to plan out their next 20, 40 years. So when you say that, are you talking uh, mm -hmm. on a municipal level or are you Yes, yeah, full, full citywide, you know, city of Oakland, they're dealing with like transportation, environment, land use, mm -hmm. housing, the noise, 
you know, ordinances. Mm-hmm. So everything, mm-hmm. every component that has to do with the city, they're planning it out right now. And so they uh, funded these 20 different organizations, you know, which are collectively known as Deeply Rooted, in order to put on festivals, in order to assist with festivals, which like right now, you know, the Malcolm X Jazz Festival, 22 years running, mm-hmm. just happy to be, you know, a part of it. Eastside Arts Alliance is like spearheading this effort mm-hmm. and putting this word out that Oakland is planning its next 20, 40 years and we need to get the feedback from the community and with that feedback, hold the city of Oakland accountable. Now, who can address this information? Who can express their wishes and who would they contact in order to be heard? You can go online, right? You know, deeply rooted. Uh, that's going to be like Instagram, Facebook, you know, all the different social media posts. Deeply Rooted is something that should be coming to every community, every neighborhood. It's a connection with at least like 11 different cultural hubs, such as like the Malanga Cascalor Center for the Arts, uh, the Intertribal Friendship House, Eastside Arts Alliance. So many different organizations will be a part of it in order to put on uh, festivals and to get that information out to the communities. So Deeply Rooted is a type of investigative community outreach intake i'm hearing you say this mm-hmm. this collaborative and you're collaborating with as many folks as you guys can intermix with right like you mentioned east side arts alliance how did you hook up with them well you know like as a musician i had the opportunity, you know, the blessing to be living at the Malanga Cascular Center for the Arts, which is one of the, the most underrepresented, underserved locations. I mean, the building itself has been there for like 100 years. This is the 100 year uh, anniversary of the building itself. A lot of history. A lot of people don't even know it's around, you know, or that it's still offering the same classes that they've been offering for like 20 plus years. Living there and being a part of the, the residence association there, we were able to link up with a deeply rooted collaborative through there. And then uh, just expanding that role as we are now. All right, all mm-hmm. right. I love it. I love it. Give me the the address that people can reach out to you? Uh, sure thing. For the Malanga, you can reach out to us at info at malangaartsresidence.org. The, the Malanga Arts you know, Residents Association, its purpose is to create more advocacy for the re- artist residents that mm-hmm. exist at the Malanga, okay. uh, create opportunities for them. And one of the things that we are doing is do outreach for the Deeply Rooted. Mm-hmm. And in order to reach the Deeply Rooted collaborative, that's going to be deeplyrooted.com. Got it. I keep thinking about Deeply Rooted, what that means. The Deeply Rooted collaborative, mm-hmm. it just started, it just kicked off this year. So it's going to be a, a process that's going to uh, take about maybe two or three years. Right, right. And going to be putting on a lot of different festivals throughout Oakland mm-hmm, and spreading mm-hmm. the word that the Oakland General Plan is afoot, but also that it's a beautiful thing to be able to reach out to all these different yes. organizations yes. and build that community yes. and collaborate yes. with each other, you know, because yes. that's what's missing yes. a lot. The outreach and facilitating and becoming community. Exactly. Putting these tribes together to make a big clan, yes. I yes. love it, I love it. Yeah. My goodness. Tell me, what are you wishing in this summer coming? I'm shortening it to the summer. What are some of the things you want to see happen, either for yourself or for Oakland? 
I'm actually happy. I'm really happy to be seeing like a, a lot of these festivals just back to back and being being involved with it. And anybody can be involved with the Deeply Rooted Collaborative. Just reaching out to us, getting linked up. There's always so much outreach that needs to happen. And each community is different and individual in its own way. So if you're coming from a community and you know how to speak to your own community, you need to connect with us, you yes, know, yes. so that we can do that. And I'm looking forward to this summer being just a summer of connections, you good, know, through good. festivals and music, mm-hmm. all that. Sounds like uh, you want to see a spider web of organizations coming together in deeply rooted positions. Absolutely. <laughs> a, 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 a tapestry. You yes, know? yes. Like, yeah. I love it. Uh-huh. I really do thank you for coming in and telling us about yourself and about your organization. And let me say it's so good to see you. Same here. I remember when after some of the some of the shows and times at KPFA, you would give me a ride home when I lived at the Malanga. And now you're there. I love it. Hey. <laughs> Another full circle. Hey. <laughs> Eso. Thank you so much. All right, you're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA, and online at kpfa.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You just heard the voices of two First Voice graduates, Ron Thompson and David Delagran of Deeply Rooted Collaborative. Good work, David, and thank you, Ron T., Before the interview, you heard the Bay Area's own Kev Choice, along with Martin Luther, performing at the Eastside Arts Alliance 22nd Annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. That was from the YouTube channel Wajid's Video. You will find a link on our website to the entire video with more performances on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. And again, if you are just joining us tonight, we are featuring sounds and interviews from the 22nd Annual Eastside Arts Alliance Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. Each year, the festival is packed with community organizations and musicians. And right now, we are lucky enough to speak with a couple of them. Coming up next, let's check out a couple of those community organizations in this next pair of interviews. Again, this is current First Voice Apprentice Nomi Windmaker speaking first with a representative from Friends of the Park, that's San Antonio Park, followed by The Girl Project. Check it out. This is KPFA. Hello, everyone. This is Nomi Windmaker from Full Circle KPFA Apprenticeship Program. We're here today at the San Antonio Park in East Oakland at the Malcolm X Jazz Festival on this beautiful, sunny Saturday afternoon with wonderful community and a person that I've been fortunate to meet just now. Her name is Shirley Mannequin otherwise known as Mira Monica Shirley. She is a coordinator of the Friends of San Antonio Park here in Oakland. And can you tell us a little bit about Friends of San Antonio Park? Yes, we're a coalition of neighborhood organizations and direct service groups that have been working in this neighborhood for a very long time. And we work together to advocate for 
improvements in our park that will serve the long-term residents of the neighborhood in equitable ways. And we are also dedicated to holding the city of Oakland accountable to the commitments they make. But basically we're trying to build organizing power in our neighborhood for the parks to make the park a place that serves the people. Awesome. So you said in part of your mission statement is you want to protect and improve the beautiful park. In what ways does this park need protection? This park is really special. This neighborhood, the San Antonio neighborhood, has some of the lowest green space per capita. So every inch of this park is really precious. We have some really old ancient oak trees in this park. Um, there's just a lot of really special healing natural elements here. We have incredible views. And we just want to make sure that any changes in the park are going to be ones that serve the community. So how engaged is the community? I'm pretty familiar with this community. It's pretty diverse, linguistically, ethnically, culturally. Is there segments of the community that are engaged? Yeah, I, and thanks for raising that point. I think that one of the challenges of community organizing in this neighborhood is being able to organize folks across different languages, across different cultures. And last year, our group did a community engagement process. And every meeting we did, we did in four different languages. And we were producing outreach material in four different languages, going to different religious institutions to just hand out flyers, going to doing it through the food distribution that Tribe was doing, um, just walking around the street, handing things out to neighbors, going to East Side Arts Alliance, going to just different organizations that's, that, that have been around where people go and, and getting the word out. Yeah. So what are some of the major challenges you've come up during the pandemic? And what are some of the major challenges you've come up with the city of Oakland? Yeah, so the the thing that catalyzed our group getting together was uh, the master planning process for San Antonio Park. The city of Oakland was creating a new master plan for the park and doing a community engagement process. And that happened during the pandemic, and it was actually all done through online, online channels. We were finding that the process, it, it was very top-down and contained uh, some elements that there was no consultation um, with the community about at all. And so we wanted to create a true community visioning process. And we ended up facilitating that process ourselves and engaging over 340 neighbors over the course of four months to do a community visioning process that came up with four recommendations for the park. And we are working to make those realities. Great. So if somebody were interested in knowing more about what you're doing or to connect to get involved, can you give us some information there? Sure, yeah. We're uh, friendsofsapark.org. That's friendsofsapark.org. And you can go to that site, you can read our report, and you can sign up for our mailing list. You can also just email friendsofsapark at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so very much for your work and for talking to us today, friends of San Antonio Park in Oakland. Hi, this is Nomi Windmaker from Full Circle. And fortunately for us, we have here Claudine Naganuma. She is a director at the Girl Project, and she's going to tell us a little about that program. Hey, thanks for having me. 
this is Claudine Naganuma, and I am the director of Girl Project. Next year is actually our 10th anniversary. We started out of Eastside Cultural Center, and we originally began because we wanted to create a safe space for girls, especially middle school girls. Very often, sometimes those that age group falls through the cracks. So we decided to have art and empowerment classes, which include dance, urban planning, self-defense, mosaics, painting, anything that you can imagine. We've been doing that and we've been having it free to the public. And also, it's a place to build sisterhood. And um, we're so proud that we have Black, Latinx, Asian American students really learning together and playing together and just being kids. We really need that. We need to have some fun. That's wonderful. And I'm glad that you brought up the, um, the ethnicities of the girls because right now our communities are in struggle. Asian American communities, black communities, there's a lot of divide and conquer happening, a lot of violence happening between our communities. And it's just been a very difficult and painful time. So I'm wondering, some of the culture building that you do at Girls Project, is there any program that helps them understand each other's culture and do sort of like cross-cultural building for relationships? Yeah, so one of the wonderful things is, you know, these kids are supported by many different groups, right? So it's not just us, but there are a lot of groups behind the scenes who are doing work, like Bonte Saray from Asian Health Services, working with Eastside, or working across the street with Seoul Garden or the Bikery, Cycles of Change. So together, we bring in these amazing mentors like Sochi Guerrero and Miss Tarika Lewis and Ellen Sebastian Chang and these wonderful, wonderful mentors. And, you know, I don't think I ever had a chance to have that when I was younger. And one of the things we've been doing is we've been tasting lots of different kinds of foods because one of those things that we all have in common is we all need shelter, we all need to eat, and so we find those commonalities, and that makes us stronger. Sounds like you get your girls from a lot of different programs, and you get your mentors from a lot of different programs, building those relationships. How can someone reach your organization? Is there a website? Yeah, so you can actually visit the Eastside Cultural Center website to see what kind of activities we've got going on at Girl Project. We also have a website called Girl Project, so you can just look us up. And then also the, the organization Denaga, which is a dance company, also provides information about that. So come and see us. Will do. One last question. Given the pandemic and the situation we're in, how has that impacted Girl Project and where are you going from here? Oh my goodness, it's been such a challenge during the pandemic, but we've been providing activities outdoors here at the San Antonio Park actually. So in the fall, we'll be offering Wednesday classes and we actually have been working with Roosevelt Middle School. There are some uh, newly immigrated students who come. So last year we gave our first bilingual Spanish-English program. Besides being outdoors, we're also offering classes on Zoom for some of our grown girls. They're getting ready to go to college. You know, after 10 years, these little ones have grown up. So we offer a program called Practically Speaking, where they can learn a little bit about adulting, trying to figure out a budget and how to eat nutritious meal, you know, and 
still continue to build sisterhood over the many years. One final question. How has this project changed your life? Oh my God, I have now, I feel like I have many young people in my life. You know, I actually am not a mother, but I feel like this has really given me an opportunity to grow as a person, and I learned so much from them. One of the things I've learned is resilience. As adults, sometimes we don't be, we aren't as resilient as we used to be. And I, we look at these kids and we're like, wow, you know, this is, this is where we learn. And I'm so happy because they are the future and they're our leaders. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so good meeting you. We really appreciate your time and that's good work. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org, part of the Pacifica Radio Network. Big shout out to one of our newest first voice apprentices, Nomi Windmaker, for stepping up in the moment to get those interviews. You first heard them speaking with Friends of the Park, that's San Antonio Park. Then they spoke with The Girl Project. Be sure to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for more links and information to both of those organizations. Let's throw it back to First Voice graduate now, Ron Thompson, as he speaks with the keyboard player for Tower of Power and Santana, Chester Thompson. Check it out on Full Circle, KPFA. This is the sound of the day. Malcolm X birthday at San Antonio Park. I'm Ron Thompson here with KPFA's Full Circle. With me is the amazing tech, Miss Mick, the director of the program, the apprenticeship program for KPFA and for Full Circle. I have the pleasure of being graced with an interview by the cornerstone of the Hammond B3 organ, Chester Thompson from the Tower of Power. Okay. Dr. Thompson. Yeah. Thank you for coming to talk with us. My pleasure. My pleasure. How are you doing today? Doing real well. Good, good, good. I shouldn't start off with this, but I'm going to ask you, how has the pandemic affected your life in the last few years? I haven't been sick. I can tell you that. That's the best thing. Good. I can speak on. It's slowed down work like it has for everybody yes. in my business. music The music business was shut out yes. for yes. two, three years. Right, right. Uh, it's coming back. And uh, other than not being sick, that's the only thing I can really say positive about the pandemic. Well, I know that uh, it was really a blessing to look up and see you today and uh, to hear you. Really, really a blessing. You sound good, Thank you, as man. always. It. Your jazz is outstanding. I'm sure everything that you're doing, you know is outstanding. We appreciate. You're a longtime member of Tower of Power. Tell me about that. It's been a long time since I've been with Tower of Power. I joined in 73 with Tower of Power. I left Tower of Power in 83, and I joined Santana. Mm -hmm. I was with Santana for 26 years after that. This Bay Area music scene is so wonderful, isn't it? It's been for me. I, I remember I first saw you, I was walking down the street one Friday night, 
and I was on San Pablo, and I was walking. I think I was going down towards Ruthie's Inn. A lot of people don't remember Ruthie's I Inn. I remember Ruthie's Inn. <laughs> I walked past this place, unassuming, almost warehouse-looking, storefront-looking place, and some people came out. So when they opened the door, I heard all this wonderful music. So I said, okay, let me investigate this, see what's going on. I walked into this place, and as I paid and went in, I only paid a dollar and a half. <laughs> <laughs> when I turned and I looked at the stage and I saw two black men on the stage with all this music, you on that Hammond B3 organ and the singer. Lenny Williams. <laughs> it was amazing. We joined about a week apart from each other. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? So you've known Lenny for a long time here in the Bay. Yes, I have. Where are you from originally? Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Moved out here in 66. It's been home for me ever since. <laughs> it is a good place. It, it is, is a good I place. I love it. When did you start uh, playing organ, may I ask? Oh, I started playing when I was real young. I started playing the organ, I guess, when I was 15. And then I played for the church, and that's where I learned how to play the organ because that was the only place <laughs> I could find an organ that I could afford to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was the church organist up until I left. Wow. Uh, I left that when I was about 17, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I went on the road, and this is what I've been doing. Those humble beginnings. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me, what, what was it like for you getting getting that gig with Tower of Power? Did you know them? How, how did no, that happen? I didn't know them. Uh, I was uh, playing in a little club in San Francisco. I had a little trio. Actually, I was playing with a, a local saxophonist named Jules Broussard. I don't know if you ever heard of yes, Jules. Yes, yes. Yeah, Jules and I played, oh, Jesus. I joined that band in 73. 70, must have been 70, 71, mm -hmm, something like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of the guys from Tower Power would come down to the club and they were looking for a keyboard player. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a keyboard player. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be honest, I, I had reservations because I'd never worked with a white group before. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, I went through that little psychological hurdle. Yes. And uh, they enjoyed the way I played, and they opened the doors for me. They allowed me to write and all the stuff that uh -huh. I've been able to do, and it's been like going to heaven. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's, 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 it was a great move for me. I can understand the way, well, I can't understand your trepidations, but slightly because, as I say, I walked into that club blind. Usually you walk into a place and the club, is the stage is facing you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still just hearing. Yeah. My ears are still, ooh, I like this. <laughs> yeah. This is groove. I like this groove. Yeah. And I was in shock just about when I turned around. 
two cats, but they are so special. Well, it turned out we worked out with that band, and we were like family mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we joined that band, both of us. Uh, I thought Lenny could have, should have <laughs> stayed a little longer, mm -hmm. but hey, you have to follow your own dreams. Yeah, yeah, when it comes. And uh, that's what he did, and he's, he's done very well with that. Yes, yes. And uh, I stayed with my decision, being an instrumentalist and being allowed to write, being a ranger yes, and all yes. of that, that's what interests me. Yes. And I, I was allowed to write and arrange a lot of songs for Tower of Power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, it's been God sent. How's it been with Santana? Are you guys still pretty active? Uh, no, I'm not with Santana. I left Santana in 2009. Uh-huh. And uh, they're still, you know, he'll, he'll be traveling until the day he dies. Yeah, and yeah. playing music, he's a great he's a great musician. Yes, yes. And he's a great leader mm -hmm. of that band, and that band is still very vibrant. Yes, yes. And uh, they're working quite often. They're still doing records. I don't know how many records. And I happen to be fortunate to be in the band at the time we had the big record. Oh when yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how many gold records did we have? Uh, Double platinum and mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of records. What uh, what's on the horizon for you? What is what's on your wish list? Just be happy, be with my family, be thankful that I've had some great experiences and I've been accepted for who I am and what I do. And I can't ask for much more than that. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Tell me. With that sage-like wisdom that you are extruding there, what, what words of wit would you have for folks today as things are changing? Follow your dream, have faith in it, give it, give it a chance, and uh, it may uh, make you happy, put a smile on your face. You got, to, you got to acknowledge the dream, you have to embrace the dream, and uh, you go from there. And you have to be real with yourself. And uh, that's, that's the ticket. If you're happy with yourself and you're real with yourself, everything else just kind of fall along if you're in the right place at the right time and all that stuff, you know? I believe you. I yes. believe you. Yes. Thoughts and words of wisdom to live by. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being right. with us. You have a great day. Welcome back to Full Circle on 94.1 FM. KPFA and KPFA.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can find out more about the Pacifica Network at PacificaNetwork.org. Thank you, First Voice graduate Ron Thompson. That was him you just heard speaking with world-famous keyboard artists, formerly of Tower of Power and Santana, among many other groups, Chester Thompson. And again, tonight we are featuring the sounds and interviews from the 22nd Annual Eastside Arts Alliance Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival. Be sure to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show. And you can also see some of the pictures we took at the event. On the website, you will also find links and information related to all the community organizations we talked about on tonight's show. We're going to close out the show tonight with an interview from our 2016 recording of the event. 
Although we reached out to Eastside for an update on this current event, they were unable to contact us before airtime tonight. But in this 2016 interview, you will hear Allison Santiago, who represented Eastside on the air. She is interviewed by First Voice graduates Zakia G.E. Capart and Dennis Roos. So now at this time, we have in the KPFA studio, Allison Santiago, uh, a representative of the Eastside Arts Alliance, which was the group of folks that put this event together. The Eastside Arts Alliance is an organization of artists, cultural and community organizers of color who live and or work in the San Antonio district of Oakland. They work to improve the quality of life for our communities and advocate for progressive, systematic social change. Welcome, Allison, and thank you for being here on Full Circle tonight. Yes, welcome, Allison. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, Allison, the Jazz um, Arts Festival is more than just getting together in the park. What is the greater purpose of the uh, Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival? Well, just before I go into that, just giving you guys a little bit more background on what Eastside does is besides um, being a third world org, um, we use various mediums of art and voice to nurture our diverse community. We do this by providing creative opportunities for young people alongside adults. Um, We have community workshops, events, the Malcolm X Jazz Festival being one of a hundred of them, um, and festivals that allow individuals to voice issues that affect their lives, surroundings, and communities. Um, And that's um, one of the main things that's very important of the Jazz Festival is that it's um, one of the last free third world jazz events mm. and community events for the community that benefits that community, right? That's not funded by any corporate entity or um, anybody outside of the community. So everyone that is there in that festival is from that community and organizing it together as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's very encouraging yeah. to know that um, corporations aren't funding it. And it still happens every year and it grows yeah, that's that's great. So these are like amazing, beautiful things that we love to see in our community where people can have fun in a safe environment. And exactly. there's tons of people of color that come through, right? Oh, yes. Um, so just seeing our community come together. And as um, other folks said in the interviews, um, it's, it's a good place to network and to see people you haven't seen in a long time and really have all the organizers of Oakland or within that district come together and really um, connect, right, and build things within um, their community and for the greater purpose of the year. That's yeah. a beautiful environment. Yeah, it seems like the festival does have a greater purpose. Um, what kind of community members and organizations are involved in and invited to the festival? Is there a certain criteria one must meet? Um, Definitely not. Um, It's very um, community and grassroots organized. So if you're anything like that, um, and if you've been a part of our circle for many years, those are the main people that we try to advocate to. So um, like we said, no corporate entities, like nothing very major, but very mom and pop very community-based. Um, so it's not that you have to fit a certain criteria, but we reach out to certain folks, right, that are very community-based. Um, and that's our main, main focus because um, we believe something that's for the community um, should be organized with the community, right? 
Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, Allison, for people that are out there saying, well, why should I attend the festival? Uh, what would you tell them? Um, I would definitely tell them that it's a it's a cultural event. So um, this is a practice that's been happening for over 16 years now. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great community event, right? Um, we have tons of things for young people and adults to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it caters to every age and every need, right? We have various courts of food, um, art, vendor, vendors, um, live art that's happening, um, live music that's happening, live dance that's happening, right? So we try to cater to as many um, generations and ages and, and people um, with needs as possible. So it's a very fun, free environment. Um, and there's no charge to coming, right? Oh, you so, can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, so you can't beat something that's free. Um, and, and it's a family affair. Of course. From zero to 100. <laughs> exactly. So we, it, we cater to everyone, mm -hmm. to the young, young, young people, to, um, to older folks as well, and our elders within the community. Exactly. Very beautifully put. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we've been speaking with Allison Santiago of the Eastside Arts Alliance. Thanks again, Allison, for coming tonight to Full Circle. Thank you for having me. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show for all the links and information mentioned in tonight's show. Don't forget, we are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can find out more about the network at pacificanetwork.org. Let me give a shout out to all the graduates we heard from tonight. Takia G.E. Capehart, Ron Thompson, Dennis Ruse, and David De La Grande. Also a special shout out to Nomi Windmaker for stepping into place and getting a couple of those interviews on the air tonight. Also, shout out to the Full Circle crew. Our executive producer is Miss M. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And again, me, Freewill and Franklin. I am the technical director for this show, Full Circle. And I've also been your host tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA up next, La Onda Bajita. Good night, everyone.